0: Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Nota-Francesco and I'm joined as always by my grandpa Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful state of Omaha, Nebraska, or I should say city, not state, but um, you get the point. And uh, grandpa, how are you doing today? (laughs) I'm doing great.
1: You know, today is really the first day of summer. I know everybody's going to say, no, that was June 21st. You know, don't you know anything? Well, we just got the first Nebraska homegrown sweet corn today oh yeah that that pretty much marks summer there (laughs) that's really it and then um you know it's just no offense to texas or to georgia or missouri but i i've had sweet corn from a lot of places in nebraska i'm sorry it's just it's just the best no it
2: is
0: yeah i have to agree with you on that one grandpa but uh will we'll have to get the, the takes of um uh, Omarion Miller and Dylan Rogers uh, on, on that. We'll see uh, uh, Omarion's from Louisiana. So maybe he won't know too much about that, but uh, those are two new Nebraska recruits uh, that they added to the signing class for the 2023 year uh, that we just, that just were announced this week. Uh, Dylan plays linebacker uh, and then uh, Omarion is a uh, wide receiver. Uh, both about I mean, Omari, it kind of what you'd expect. Linebacker wise, 63 for Dylan Rogers. So, uh, kind of averages might have to bulk up a little bit. Uh, and then wide receiver Omari Miller, uh, six-two and one ninety. So he's got the he's got the length. He's he's but he's going to add uh, weight. That's what we see from all these guys uh, as, as soon as you move into college, as you start adding weight. Um, just based on the weight training and all the, the food is now more controlled okay. because you have like an entire athletics department. So, I mean, you, you get that, but uh, grandpa, what do you think of these two guys? I think it's, I don't know what I can say too much yet, uh, but based off what I've seen from them, it's they're good ads for Nebraska. Uh, they have a lot of potential, but uh, I don't, I don't know what you think about them.
1: Well, I, I think you got to look at uh, Mickey Joseph, the influence that he has and he got, uh, you know, he, Mickey's from, uh, Marrero, Louisiana, which is, you know, about like new Orleans, a little bit south yeah. of there. So yeah. I think he's making his presence known. If anybody doubts that just, I think. Yeah.
0: At, I mean, he, he took proved- him away. He, he took Mickey Joseph, recruited him away from LSU. Right. Uh, and right. we're talking about Omari and uh, Miller, but LSU was recruiting him pretty hard too. And Nebraska got him to come, uh, to, to Nebraska, probably because of Mickey, like you were saying. Yeah.
1: And then, uh, uh, Applewhite Brian, uh, Apple Applewhite got yep. Dylan Rogers. Uh, now we we'll have to find out. I'm not sure we'll have to ask our guests where Cypress, Texas is. I, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, you know, that puts Nebraska at what 13 commits, Thir-
0: yep, for the for this 2023 class. Yep,
1: and I'm not sure how many uh, recruits Nebraska is planning to to sign, and they would probably all sign in the early you know, in December.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I would imagine that they'd want, I mean, I'm trying to think you're going to want to add in the probably linebacker and cornerback rooms, uh, just based off what we've gone off of for those episodes that we recorded. We did previews for those. There are kind of some seniors in there, maybe not linebackers uh, too much, but probably that secondary uh, you're going to want to add there. Uh, and then it's always nice to have these linebackers and wide receivers that you can uh, kind of groom into being the, the next guys up. Uh, For for Nebraska, but I I don't know. I think that Nebraska, I I don't know how much they're worried about certain rooms and stuff like that. So I don't, I honestly don't know, but. And then
1: another signal for summer uh, to really be underway is Phil Steele's uh, college football uh, preview is out. I just got my copy. Uh, I yesterday. need to get mine. So yeah, um, if if Husker fans are looking for some great up, you know, optimism coming from Phil Steele this year, they better not better <laughs> not buy the magazine. It, <laughs> it is it's it, it's my favorite. Um, it's so detailed. It's it's really dense. It's hard to read because the print is so small. Yeah. Plus, plus, you know, you abbreviates. You have to figure out what yeah. he's talking about sometimes. But uh, yeah. it, it is compact and. And something yeah. that you can use if you're a rabid, not only Husker fan, but just college football fan. It's, that's, yeah. That stuff is is really good. Um, and today we're going to talk about special teams. Um, and we have a special teams guest with us, uh, former punter and place kicker. We'll, we'll introduce in just a minute. But special teams, Will, what do you want to – there's not a whole lot to say.
0: No, not really. So, I mean, you get a punter and a kicker leaving, I guess, and then – uh, you get a punter and a kicker coming in, so yeah. it, there's not. It, it's just kind of like refilling, like filling a hole in the wall, basically, with the same like part of the wall. Like it's it's um Timmy Timmy Bleak Road uh, is a transfer from Furman. Uh, he's coming in to kick for Nebraska. He's kind of short, actually. I didn't realize that before. Uh, he's only five eight, so he's not a super tall guy. But I guess it doesn't matter that much for kickers. Um, and then. Brian Bushini's is coming in from Montana. We talked about him a little bit uh, when we talked about transfers. We talked about both these guys, actually, when we talked about transfers a, a few months back. Um, but, yeah, he was voted the FCS Punter of the Year in 2021. Uh, he's going to – I mean, Montana plays more of the uh, the Division One school. I guess Montana's a Division One school, technically. I think they're in FCS. Yeah, they're, FCS. Um, they're in the Big Sky Conference, I believe, in FCS. And then uh, – they, they Montana plays more of those like West coast teams, like Oregon, Oregon state, all yeah. the PAC 12 teams in non-conference games. So he's had a bit of experience punting to bigger teams. Uh, I don't know how much punting wise that really matters of like what, kind, what level you're punting at, because I guess the guys are just faster coming at you, but if your blocks are set up, right, then it should be fine. So uh, the punting is really the same in both levels. It's not going to matter. And same with the kicking, Um, I guess stadiums are louder uh, which is one concern that I saw about Timmy Bleeker. but I really don't think that that's too much of a problem for him I think you can adjust to that I don't know maybe we can ask our guest about that he's definitely kicked in some uh, stadiums that were very loud Uh, so yeah not too much and then long snappers uh, Cade Miller uh, Jr. from Gretna Nebraska we only have one long snapper I believe is that uh, so I mean yeah that might be a slight problem if he gets injured but I'm pretty sure maybe it's difficult to uh train a long slot long snapper I have I have no clue but I feel like teams have like one designated long snapper and then there are a bunch of other guys that could do it if they need to um but yeah I I honestly don't know anything you have grandpa
1: no I the, the, the other thing is Brendan Frankie's a uh, kid who uh Gretton, he's from Gretna, Nebraska and then he went up to play uh at Morningside and the kid always wanted to play for Nebraska and so he's been the Guy who's been doing the kickoffs, and he did a good job uh, last year. So I'm, I think that's, I think you're solid there, and I think, hopefully, the place kicking and the punting will be uh, good as well. But it, we just, you know, we're not going to know. And as far as long snappers go, we'll ask our guest uh, more about that too. We got Byron Bennett coming up here in a minute. So um, anyhow, I yeah, I it's it'll be the specialties have been
0: so abysmal. I think uh, that anything would be an improvement, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. I think we need to get Byron Bennett
0: back in there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so anything more you want to talk about on the... Uh, no, I really. I mean, as I said, this is going to be like probably when I title this, I'll probably put it as a special teams preview. There's not that much to really preview. I don't think we could have done an entire thirty minute, forty minute episode on this yeah. because yeah. there's not that much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's that's all I really have. Uh, you're get you're losing pieces, but you replace the pieces with other pieces that are the same. Right. So, um, it's it's not two different i guess bill bush coming in as a special teams coach i guess would be a difference from last year not having a special teams coach really um so other than that i really don't think that there's anything else we need to talk about but
1: okay hey, let's uh, let's get in with our uh introduce our our guest uh of honor today we're delighted we've never had a place kicker in our six months or seven months of doing this but uh we have byron byron bennett and he Played at Nebraska from 90 to 93. Uh, I believe if I did my homework correctly, uh, Byron came off the bench for Greg Berrios in the Northern Illinois game uh, in, in 90, I believe it was. And Nebraska won the game 60 to 14. So he brought in, you know, good luck there. And then got his first start in the next year. And he started every game after that. He started against Utah State. Uh, and he hit his first field goal, which was a 32-yarder in the first quarter of that game. Um, he was a three-year starter at, uh, at, at place kick. Actually, in punting, too. And I, I have to ask Byron when, when he started to, to punt and to do dual uh, chores there. Uh, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Byron roomed with Trev Alberts. He can maybe clarify that a little bit. And uh, he hails from Howlett, Texas. Um Senior year was 53 of 55 on extra points and made 6 of 11 field goals for 71 points. And his son, Lake, just got his first D1 scholarship offer in football. And we're excited to have Byron Bennett. Byron, welcome to How About Them Huskers.
2: All right. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me.
1: You and I, I mentioned this to you when we exchanged some emails, that you and I met in 93 – I was going through. a buddy of mine got us in to do the recruiting tour, you know, that that the recruits go through. And we got to eat lunch with the players and the, all the recruits and that, that kind of stuff. And then we went down on the field and you were down there on the sideline and you were very nice to us. And I thought that was pretty cool. So.
2: Well, like I told you, I'm just glad being that age, I was nice. Uh, you never know when you're <laughs> 18 to 23. You, you just never know how you acted back then. But I'm glad I really am glad to hear that.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was cool. Um, we're welcome. We're so glad that you're able to join us. We have a bunch of questions. I think we probably just need to get on with them, but
0: yeah, uh, just pick one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, since you're from, since you're from
1: Texas, what was your recruiting like, uh, you know, and who who recruit recruited you and why did you choose the Huskers?
2: Well, um, it was funny, they they were after, there was three of us that came from my high school, and, and not to correct you, but it was Rowlett, Texas, and we went to Lakeview in Garland. It's a weird deal. So oh, okay, we went to a school in another city. Uh, I know where Hallettsville is though, down south. Um, so they were there looking at a guy named Chad Hunter and Mike Jefferson at one of our games, and that's back when the coaches had to go to the games or wasn't huddled or wasn't any of that stuff. So they right. wanted to they they actually saw you before they offered you and all that. And I just happened to have one of those games where I barely missed a 63 yard field goal right down the middle with no wind. And I had a punting average of like 48. I had a punt go over my, a snap go over my head. I went back and retrieved it and kicked it and it went 60 yards. It was just one of those special games. (laughs) Oh my
0: goodness. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And, uh, so anyway, you know, that, that kind of got the wheels turning with Nebraska. I'd had interest, uh, in several other colleges up until that point, but I don't think Nebraska knew who Byron Bennett was at that point in time until they actually came to that game and and, and saw me. Who were the coaches who recruited you? Jack Pierce.
1: Oh, oh Jack. Oh, my Lord. Yes.
2: Yep. <laughs> he, he was the only guy I ever talked to until Coach Osborne came and sat in our uh, living room.
1: Really? What was that like?
2: It, uh, it was awesome. I was nervous. I mean, everybody knows who Coach Osborne is, so it was uh, – we put on a highlight tape for some reason. We didn't know what to do. We talked for about 30 or 40 minutes. And then he said, well, let me see your highlight tape. So we put that in on the VHS and
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and uh,
2: it's pretty good. And growing up even in Texas and, and uh, to have him sitting in your living room was uh, amazing.
1: I I talked with uh, Eric Crouch's mom one time. (laughs) The same kind of thing when she she went to answer the door, you know, the doorbell rang and and she she opened the door and there was Tom Osborne. She says, I thought it was God Himself standing there in front of me. Yes. She said, I didn't hear a thing he said the rest of the evening. I was so awed and and blown away that Tom Osburn was actually in my living room.
2: Yeah, well, that's you know, you can imagine being a Texas boy. And if I was starstruck, I can't imagine being from Nebraska and he comes into your <laughs> living room. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, and grandpa talked about earlier about uh, doing kicking and, and punting. And you, you did that for Nebraska when you got there. Uh, What, so as, as he was saying, what were like, one, why did you decide to get into both? Is there like similarity? Does like the skill translate pretty well in between those positions? because if it does, I feel like we don't really see it that much. Maybe it was more common uh, when you were playing in the nineties, but like today you're, you're seeing like punters and kickers and there's not really a lot of overlap. There are some, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but um, yeah, do you just want to talk, talk to that for a little bit?
2: Yeah. um, I knew nothing different. I could always, I was always good at soccer um, could kick the ball further than everybody growing up. And so in seventh grade, they said, we need a kicker. And I tried out for kicker and, and, and got it and then they did the same thing with punting and I just stuck with both of them from a young age and kept doing them and uh you know some games I did better at punting some games I did better at field goal kicking and some games I was able to turn it on on both of them but I think that's why you don't see it as much because it's really hard for a guy to maintain excellence in both because it takes so much time to prepare for them you may be off on your drop when you're punting. Uh, you know, and, and your field goal kicking's is working that day. But the good thing about it is, is I was never off on both. I don't think so. So if I had a bad day with punting, my field goals were on and my kickoffs were on and everything else. And if I didn't have the great day in the field goal department, my, my, my punting came in to uh, kind of keep me going.
0: Would Which you one would did you personally like better? Do you, do you, like when you played? did you personally like, like place kicking better or punting?
2: I think punting. Um, I uh, I just love seeing the ball come off your foot and perfect spiral and all that stuff. Uh, not that I didn't love place kicking as well, but that when I got to my senior year and they said, what do you want to do in the NFL if you get that opportunity? I said, I think I'd rather punt. I just felt like there was less pressure there too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah Grandpa, go uh,
1: ahead. What's, uh, we talked about long snapper. You, you, have, you have a trio. You got the – I mean, obviously the – Let's say on a field goal, you got the place kicker, you got the holder, and you got the long snapper. How did you, was it your call to say who those two other players were going to be? Or
2: what influence
1: no. did you have that?
2: Yeah, no, I had Mike Stiggy, who okay. was the punter in front of me. Okay. Nebraska originally recruited me to start my freshman year as the punter. Mike was a walk on. Right. Um, I tore my ACL in a scrimmage early on my freshman year in 89. And so I was done for that season. I ran with the football and tried to act like I was back in high school and just didn't work out for me. So uh, Mike took over then and never let it go until, you know, after he graduated. And then that's when I finally got the punt, which was my senior year, and I did the dual role. Um, as far as who held, it would be Mike Stiggy was there until he graduated, Then David Sizes held for me my senior year. Uh-huh. And I don't remember who the snapper was early on, but towards my last two years it was Aaron Graham.
1: Oh, really, Aaron? Jeez. Oh,
2: yeah. A Denton product, Denton, Texas product.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, he's the only guy to be an All-American at two different positions in college football.
2: Yes, I know that. Yeah. And he'll let you know Garden, about it, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you keep in touch with any of those guys up here teams that
2: you played on? We're all so busy. I keep in touch with some of them, um, but it's not on a regular basis. Uh, You know, thank God for technology, Facebook and things like that. So I always know what's going on with those guys because they're posting pictures or their wives are. So uh, not not really directly, but indirectly. Um, I, I still talk to some of them, you know, once every two or three years, stuff like that. But the deal with me is I haven't had a chance to get back to Lincoln in forever. I think the last time I was up there was for one of my son's, uh, little league tournaments. That was in Omaha, the Omaha world series. Yeah. And that was probably when he was 10 and he's 17 now. So it's been at least seven or eight years since I've been up there and it wasn't during the football season. I'm a coach and a teacher down here okay. at Rockwell high school. So it's very hard for me to get away during football season. Um, people don't understand it. They're like, it's high school. I said in Texas, that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Seven days a week. When you're not coaching, you're preparing all that stuff. So it's really hard to get away. And that's, that's the only downfall that in my profession uh, that I regret is not getting back up there. So I'm expecting to get up there quite a bit more once I retire.
1: What, what division is your, uh, is your program in?
2: We are six a, which is the largest in the state of Texas. Wow. Wow
1: and, and you're the head coach or special teams or
2: what no it's so funny i don't I don't do any of that I take the punters every once in a while uh, we've got a guy who is the kicking coach
1: yeah
2: and he's uh he's a head soccer coach and he does the kicking too that's just the way it was when I got to rockwall and that's that's great I mean now I can concentrate on the d line and I'll still walk over there and give them pointers and say you're doing it wrong and all that kind of stuff and, <laughs> I try not to step on coaches' toes too much. So I, I let them run with it, but I do have interaction with the punter. We rugby punt. It's, it's a lot different than the way I punted and my son's actor because we have a lot of fakes off of the rugby style punt. If they don't line up a certain way and respect certain things, we'll throw it on a dime. So, so late, late played on your, or played on your
1: team or he set, plays on your team. Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah wow.
2: Yeah. That's a, uh, That's fun. I mean, maybe more fun if if that's a word or a phrase, but uh, if I was the head coach, but being a position coach, my wife makes the bread in our family and I was really sustained to the DFW area. So I couldn't move around like most head coaches have to to start moving up the chain of command in the state of Texas. So I was pretty much about five years into my career. I was like, well, looks like I'm going to be an assistant. So I've been a special teams coordinator. I've been a co-DC, all that. Um, but now I'm at the stage of my career where I just I'm fine with coaching a position and loving on those kids and, and doing that. So
0: awesome. Awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you were talking about Lake, uh, he was getting recruited by D1 uh, athletes. We talked a little bit about this before we started recording. But um, what 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 information can you give us uh, about him? Like what's uh, his football journey looking like? Well, um, this is going to be the first year he's going to be the starting quarterback
2: for us. He's been backing up a kid uh, that went to Mississippi State for four years. He was a that we had to pull him up from the freshman team. We just had nobody. It was really weird at Rockwell that we had nobody in between a sophomore and a freshman or an older kid that could take over in time of need. We just didn't have it. So. Uh, coach Webb, our head coach, came to me and said, "Hey, I want to I want to move Blake up, uh, but I want to tell you and Stacy so y'all can make that decision because I know that's a big step for him. But he was he had the he had the body to do it at that at that time. Um, he was a little bit bigger than a lot of kids were back then, and uh, he really hits the weight room. So he's been on varsity for four years, backing up Braden Lock. and now it's his time. And we played him at linebacker last year. He did a great job at linebacker. In fact, colleges that came through were looking at him at linebacker. And our head coach now would have to say." well he's going to be our quarterback so I think you need to stick around and watch him at quarterback too and so anyway we went to Tarleton State today for uh, a camp and they invited him down early with two other guys and he got to do a throwing session with the OC and the head coach with their guys and uh they said, "Okay, well, that was your camp because camp wasn't supposed to be until one through four, and uh, it's going to be 106 today." So I was like, okay. "Wow, like, we, we can leave." And he's like, "Oh yeah, that was your camp. We've already seen you." He goes, "We're going to have quarterbacks here today. Unless you want to come and throw with all those guys, you've had your camp." And I said, "We're out of here." So, oh my goodness,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you'll have to keep us posted on on what is going, and I'll I'll uh, I'll keep track of uh, as best I can on on the internet to find out how the team does uh, this, this fall. What, what's your, when do you start? When does the season start there?
2: Well, the freshmen come in a week before the varsity and JV. So August 1st. Wow. Yeah. We get rolling in August. I mean, I just got back from vacation. We have a cabin in New Mexico where it's a lot cooler than Texas up in the mountains. Yeah, That's where I go in the summers to kind of get a break from the heat. And pretty much when you get back from that vacation, you know, we're going to be doing stuff here on it just slowly starts picking up we go down to San Antonio for the Texas high school coaches association convention there'll be 3,000 coaches converging on San Antonio and uh, there's seminars and meetings and all that stuff that we do for about three or four days and once we get back from that we're full go
1: wow so this is a good time to do an interview
2: Oh yes, <laughs> nice.
1: I think you would say nah, I can't do it. Yeah, no,
2: it, this is this is actually perfect because it's before we really get rolling.
1: What uh, and I, Will, I don't know if you had any of the follow up questions. I was just going to ask no. uh, Byron about uh, we we talked about that the Huskers have been so bad at special teams. We had in twenty twenty we had uh, a special teams coordinator or an analyst, I should say. So not a an on-the-field guy. Then we had Mike Dawson last year, who shared uh, his uh, D-line uh, duties with uh, coaching special teams. But Byron, what, what is, what do you think is, if you could narrow it down? I don't. Know, what? What's? How come we've been so bad at that, and that phase of the
0: game?
2: Well, I I believe you need a special teams coordinator. That there's one guy in charge of it, and he he delegates you know other things on kickoff cover and kickoff return to the assistant coaches but that's his baby because when you give it to one guy he takes pride in it and 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 that's that's kind of his and to not have a special teams coach you got a bunch of coaches that are making the decision you know you got a lot of uh, I know coach frost is obviously the king and everything but you got a lot of guys a lot of indians that are trying to trying to make decisions and and no chiefs, so to speak. Special teams coordinator talks directly to Coach Frost, and I think Bill Bush will be a great addition. In fact, he was a GA at Nebraska when I was there. Um, He's a very detail-oriented. He takes pride in it. So I would look for this year to see a dramatic step in special teams with Nebraska.
1: Well, I hope you're right.
2: Yeah, yeah I know right. it's. I'm being modest, but I think it's cost Frost two or three games every year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. 100%. 100%. So, yeah.
1: with the um, addition of, of Bleak Road and Bushini, do you think that'll be enough to tip it over and, and make it a viable uh, part of the offense?
2: Now, that's the kickers and punters coming yeah, in. Yeah, right? Right. yeah, Yeah. Um, I've heard good things about those guys. Um, obviously, they're transfers and. Uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna add they they ought to add some stability to those positions for sure. But you know you got to have a good deep snapper, you got to have holders, you got to oh, have yeah. guys that guys yeah. that want to go down and, and and make tackles and and stuff like that. You know, in, in Texas, we're we're getting away from putting guys on special teams who may not be the full time players. We play everybody. If, if you're the best at you know, if you run a four or five forty, you're on the special teams doing something, right? And that's kind of where we are with it. We put our best players on special teams. We don't let them take a break. I know you can't do that in college as much, but you still can do it some. And you got to be able to do that in key key areas. You know, uh, whether it's R one or R two on the outside, you got to have a corner over there who can run, who's not going to let anybody get outside of you and lose contain all that kind of stuff. So you can you can kind of you know feather those guys in you don't have to have an entire kickoff cover or an entire return team that is all guys that start for you on offense or defense but you need those guys feathered in somewhere uh, and that are willing to do it too that's the key point all right and and you got to emphasize special teams it has to be a third of the game and you have I mean there's going to be games that are turned on special teams so it has to be important to the head coach it has to be important to the staff and you got to sell that to the team if you're on special teams this is go time you can't you know come over in the first quarter and say you're tired you, you got to get out there and go. I mean, it's it's just as important what you just did, and that's a yeah. mindset.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't think we can let you go here, Byron, without asking you about the uh, the '94 Orange Bowl. As painful as that may be to, to talk <laughs> about, um, but like sitting on the sideline as a kicker, like um, I sat bench for most of varsity soccer last year, and we had an overtime game in playoffs. And I cannot imagine the stress level that you have for a national championship game, where for me, I was having a bunch of stress, just like not being able to add anything to our team uh, during playoffs uh, in like the second round, but this is for a national championship. What's going on in your head during that final two minutes or so of, of, of that, of that game.
2: Well, you got a lot of guys coming up to you and patting you on the shoulder pad and going, come on, you can do it. But really what you need to do is you need to stick to your routine, just like you do before any field goal. Um, you got to get in your net, you got to kick, you got to do whatever you do every time that you've gone out there and kicked a field goal and just try to keep a, you know your mind right. And uh, just do what you've done a thousand times and and hopefully it it comes through for you. Uh, I had one of them that came through for me. I couldn't get the second one. It's a weird thing, guys. Um, It's about adrenaline. There was so much adrenaline pumping through me on that first field goal that to be asked to do it again some 10 minutes later, I could not get that. I could not summons that adrenaline back. I was out there and because I went through an adrenaline rush the first time, I was weak. It was the weirdest feeling in the world. You go out there and you're going to kick, you know, another game-winning field goal, you think, and uh, you don't feel the same as you did the first time you went out there. And it's it, it was tough. Should have made it. Have no excuses for it. I've got a bunch of <laughs> you'll like this. Being, being a coach in Texas and them knowing my history with Nebraska, you you, uh, you never get away from it. Let's just put it that way. Somebody's always giving me a hard time about it and uh, all that kind of stuff. Right. So it, it's, it's not something that I shy away from. It is my past, and it is my history. It is Nebraska's history, and I'm proud of it, even though I missed the kick. Uh, because I'm proud of that team. We, 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 we were 16 and a half point underdogs to Florida state. We had not competed well against those Florida teams yep. the last three or four
0: years. Yeah. yeah, And to
2: go in there and do what we did. I just, I hate that we couldn't get it done, but next year they did. And it the rest is history. Yeah. You
1: played, you played with some of the best players, not only to play for Nebraska, but maybe to play the game of college football. You'd go through the roster of that 93 team, which ended up winning the national championship the next year. It's like, how did, did, did you look back at that and say, wow, you were, you were a part of a very, very special group of players.
2: Yes. Uh, golly. Um, it's unbelievable. I'll, I'll tell you a little side story here. You guys will like this. And uh, with Rob Zadiska, he was my fraternity oh, yeah. brother. We line up to run 40. Now, Rob was a year younger than me, but the next year he shows up, and somehow we got paired together to run the 40-yard dash. <laughs> and I looked over at Rob, and, of course, he looked like a Greek Adonis coming out of high school. <laughs> he had, like, 4% body fat. It was something unbelievable I've never seen on offensive lineman before. But I still, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm about to smoke him in the 40. <laughs> and I get up and run against him, and I am running – and we get to the end about the last five yards, and I look across to me, and he is right there with me, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know, I was just a, I was a good athlete. I wasn't a great athlete. Um, I, re- <laughs> I remember a uh, in a spring game, one of the field goals or PATs got blocked, and Ben Roots was holding for me. I don't know if you remember sure. that name. Sure, you know? yeah, Kansas, he's part of that. Yeah, from yeah. Oklahoma, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, they blocked it. And, of course, they had a scoop and score guy. And, and I went off chasing him. And, of course, he was leaving me. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And then Ben Roots, which I didn't know was that fast, came screaming by me and tackled him on the other 20. And I went, golly, I am in another place. I am so freaking slow because positions in high school at the highest level in the state of Texas. But the athletes that Nebraska had were unbelievable. Our corner was the fastest guy on our football team and one of the fastest in the state of Texas. And he was like the fifth fastest in my recruiting class. Wow. Who came up there with me from Lakeview. And so, yeah, it it was an eye opener with, with the talent Nebraska had at the time. And then you get a guy like Trev Alberts, who's not recruited, but by Nebraska, uh, and Iowa State, and I can't remember if I, – I think Hayden Fry recruited him in Iowa, but that was his three offers. And he was 220 pounds coming out of high school – and it just goes to show you what a wonderful job Boyd Epley did in the weight room with those guys oh, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know the weight the strength coach now. They're all really good. I mean, the yeah. science is out there. They're, they know everything. I mean, they, they basically got a medical degree if they're a strength coach because they can tell, you know, say words that you have never heard of before and everything. Right. But there was just something about that group. And, and and when Boyd told you to do something, you did it. And because uh, he was a legend and, if you didn't have the talent when you showed up in Nebraska, you got it by your junior or senior year, somehow, some way with some of these guys. But yeah, that, that, the 93 team was very talented. Um, we have, you know, you can name guys after guy who was oh, there yeah. and they're Brendan Stuy. Um, oh yeah. That, that entire offensive line was unbelievable. Zach Wiegert was a good buddy of mine. I know he was yeah. younger than me. Um, um, of course, Aaron Graham and Aaron Taylor. I think he was a freshman when I was a senior, but, yeah, we've got a kid playing for us right now, and they're saying he's too short to play center. And I said, "Wait a minute! We had an all-American at Nebraska that was six-one, and dominated." I said, "Don't tell me you're too short for center." So, and he's six-two <laughs> or six-three. So, anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, the it's, been Byron. An it's been
0: yeah, an yeah, honor. Yeah, thank you so having... much,
1: Byron.
2: You bet, guys. It's, it's... Thanks for having me.
1: And maybe we can get him on another time. Uh, you know, maybe after yeah. the football season is over, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah.
2: You're Good a great American,
1: my friend. And it's an honor to have you on our podcast. It really
2: thank is. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome and keep doing what you're doing.
0: All right. And go big red. Right. Right. That's
2: yeah. right. GDR, All right. baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we will be back next week uh, with maybe an interview with Tommy Armstrong. I'm going to get that figured out. But thank you guys once again for listening. Uh, This has been uh, a pleasure. Uh, Thank you, Byron, again. And uh, yeah, that's all we have for today. And I'll leave you with one final thing. Go Big Red.